Welcome to Season 5 of the Let's Talk Data podcast series, presented by SAP, where we explore game-changing technologies with leading experts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode in our Let's Talk Data podcast series. My name is Ginger, and we're very excited to have you uh, join this episode. We always bring in experts in different areas across SAP's business technology platform and data and analytics, but today is a really special episode because we're combining our expertise uh, between SAP and our very critical partner, IBM. So the title of today's episode is Optimize Asset Effectiveness and Downtime Prediction for Manufacturing. And to talk about this, we're fortunate to have with us Matthias Kretschmer, who is part of the SAP Data Intelligence Product Management Team. He is focused on the customer and partner office, so everything exciting that's going on, uh, Matthias is involved in that. And I'm really happy to have with us from IBM, Devraj Barden. Devraj is the global leader of SAP innovations at IBM. So we've been uh, working with him over the past few months and he's got lots of great things going on there that they'll share with you. And then we also have Dharma Athlori with us today. He is the executive architect and artificial intelligence and machine learning evangelist at IBM. So get you a cup of coffee, turn up the volume if you're in the car, because we're going to really get some good learnings and exciting things going on in the manufacturing area around optimizing asset effectiveness and downtime prediction. So, Matthias, let me turn it over to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Ginger. This is uh, Matthias Kretschmer speaking. Happy to be here today. And um, first of all, I would like to give you an overview regarding uh, the SAP Data Intelligence uh, Content Sprint uh, at Home initiative, uh, which we have done last year for four months. Uh, so what we um, basically did, we conducted here a partner-focused content development sprint for data intelligence with nine different partners. So which means here, for example, that Camelot uh, joined Deloitte joined, IBM joined, Inspired Intellect, Keytree, Lenovo, Beratungskontor, Reply, and Vpro. So those were the nine partners joining that content sprint initiative. And what we did here uh, in a joint SAP and partner collaboration, we developed industry-specific, ready-to-use custom business content with uh, certain key outcomes. So first of all, um, yeah, we wanted to showcase um, that, that externally developed business content or business content packages on SAP Data Intelligence at SAP TechEd Digital. So this is what we did uh, end of last year, mainly in December. And uh, we also wanted to increase the uh, content examples available for data intelligence via official channels, so via sap.com blogs, GitHub, the SAP App Store, uh, and so on and so forth. So to be able to use those uh, content, business content packages in customer and partner conversations. Just to give you a few um, examples regarding those partner scenarios which have been created and built, um, I would like here to start with uh, one package coming from Lenovo. They created a package on um, the days of inventory reduction, which is related to the supply chain industry. This package is or that solution is aiming on to reduce the risk and costs of uh, stocking too many or too few parts uh, in a warehouse. Then we had another one coming from Vpro, another 
business content package uh, regarding cognitive customer service. This is related to the utilities, uh, telecom and insurance uh, industries. And that uh, package is uh, related to the prediction uh, of the reason for a customer call so that a call center colleague here knows uh, the reason for a customer call and also what are the next best actions. And of course, we also had another one here coming from IBM. So you will get some more details in a, in a few few minutes here. And that uh, business content package is related, as Ginger said, to optimizing asset effectiveness and downtime prediction belonging to the industry machinery and components industry. That package mainly helps to maintain complex and diverse assets. And that's it from my side. So you've got now an overview regarding the SAP Data Intelligence uh, content sprint uh, initiative and now I would like to hand over to Devraj and Dharma here from IBM who will give you some further details. So thank you Matthias uh, for that uh, short introduction and thank you Ginger for inviting us to this talk. Uh, my name is Devraj Bardhan. I lead the uh, SAP Innovations team globally at IBM and uh, me and my team have been working with SAP on the IBM SAP Evolution Partnership. And as part of this partnership, we have been building different content packages for customers. And one of the content packages we built was on data intelligence. Now the importance of data intelligence comes from the fact that data intelligence is built on the SAP BTP platform. And what we have been doing is using different components of the BTP platform and building content packages and business uh, applications on top of it to show the value of how BTP and data intelligence can drive business values. Having said that, the reason why um, data intelligence plays a very important role is this. It brings in orchestration, it brings in pipeline, and it brings in the whole data management platform and uh, in one platform for all of you to use. Uh, you get to basically uh, move your data in from your source systems, plug in uh, machine learning applications onto the same platform, bring in your Hadoop and Big Data Lake all on one platform and make it work in a very simple orchestrated platform. We will walk you through the whole use case, but one intelligent or one in interesting fact about this is that this not only runs on the cloud and it can run on your on AWS cloud, Azure or GCP, but it can also run on premise and it can also run on OpenShift. So you can actually deploy it where your data is and then have the best possible in integration with your machine learning models and get, uh, get your use cases working very efficiently. So Dharma, do you want to quickly come in now and explain how did how we got started on the idea of uh, this particular use case? Yeah, sure, Devraj. Uh, once again, thanks, Matthias and Ginger and Devraj. A very interesting question, I would say, and hope everyone is doing safe before I start. And please do take care of yourself during this crisis. Now, getting back onto the conversation, the whole journey started off when we looked at a unique pattern across most of our manufacturing clients on either losing revenue on a certain manufacturing line and what sorts of actual output has been provided back to the customers with regards to the number of spare parts created or manufactured or what sorts of actual quality has been maintained and so forth. And looking at the data, right, the clients did do a lot of problem management or root cause analysis, and they were not able to come to a conclusion really because 
there were so many parameters to look into, right? Just as a matter of uh, fact, if you just put some of these complexities together, there were more than about eight, nine systems on an average you would see in any manufacturing client. And on top of that, you have a very disparate enterprise landscape, right? With a hybrid architecture model with systems on-premise, on-machine floor, on different hyperscalers when it comes to data being stored, and a need for bringing it all of it together and for an actual identification of patterns, which otherwise is impossible. And that's where we started a journey with a couple of our clients to say, what can we do for them, right? And what's the right offering or the product which we can leverage from SAP given the actual SAP ecosystem around and say, what can we do for it? And before I talk about the actual technical solution, looking into the actual business problem itself or the opportunity what we had is, as we all know, one of the main KPI across any of the manufacturing line for that matter, it's about overall equipment effectiveness, right? And it's not just about, hey, by the time, can I just optimize my manufacturing quality? Or it's not just about, can I optimize the downtime? It's not about how quickly and how fast can I actually manufacture some of these spare parts and other material. It's a combination of all these together because any one of them not being looked at can create a huge havoc across your manufacturing line. And that is one of the reasons why it is important to look at your overall equipment effectiveness. And I'm sure most of the audience would be able to relate to that point. And, and the example could be is, I might be having fluctuations in my different features of either the voltage or the power supply and so forth. I would never know it. And what could end up being is a low quality material being created because of that on the manufacturing. Or it could be with the speed with which the machines are actually operating because of which I might actually have to request my whole human force to work extra time to get them delivered. So because of this, OE was getting impacted due to unscheduled robotic equipment downtime, or even for that matter, any other downtime which can impact it. And we all know SAP does have a module around maintenance and how to actually capture the downtime events and the messages, but that alone is not enough because as I said earlier, there are so many other components and features which play a critical role. So in order to address this, what we went ahead and looked at was what can we really achieve by putting a solution around it? Because it's not just about one of this, as I said earlier, right? So it was about thinking holistically saying, what would be my risk level ranking, right? What equipment would have the highest risk of failure and trying to identify or shortlist that? What could be a potential cost? If you think about it, we cannot just go about and start looking at every possible scenario because there is a likely cause of failure only on certain uh, related causes and not in everything what you can think of. You also have to talk about the timing of it in terms of lead time for equipment to fail or what do you really do to kind of uh, predict that part of it. And what is the probability, right? How often, what do you think the probability would be? Will it be in days, weeks, months? And even if you put in all this effort, is it really worth it? Because in some cases, the use case might not even go through because my cost benefit calculation might tell me that the downtime is okay for me as long as I can manage it well and if I have proper remediation or steps in place to get it back again. So thinking all of it, what we came up with was a structure 
of different use cases. And one of the first important point we try to tackle, which is important for any data science project, is making sure you have the right data. And that's where we spend a lot of effort putting together these reusable assets and what we call as custom operators, which can help repeat the process of what we have put in in order for the clients to start taking advantage of it, right? Things of pre-processing data, what sort of visualization can we do from an exploratory data analysis point of view? What would be your imputation strategy for that matter? And how would you ensure that you have all of the data in the right profiling of what you really would want it to be as? And believe me when I say that, that was one of the most painful areas and I'm sure most of them actually will be able to relate to it and the audience here also will be able to relate to it is the fact that that's almost your 60 to 70% of the effort when I say that. Now, once that was done, what we saw was there were about three different patterns and three use cases, how we want to actually go ahead and handle this. The first one was more about what do we do to identify the features which were impacting the downtime or the quality or the speed. And as we all know, when we are not sure about the actual features itself and we are trying to get to the patterns, we applied an unsupervised form of learning in this context in order to identify what were the features which were contributing towards actual fine tuning of the best model possible, provided us that the power and the voltage were the two main features which were really causing this problem. And what we went ahead and did is based on that, we identified a peer group concept of what would be your anomalous records. And once we have identified the anomalous records per group with a peer identified for each manufacturing line, we were able to then combine all of this together and try to detect the local and the global anomalies. And the reason why they, I say that very particularly about local and global is because of the fact that local anomalies are something which are true and would need immediate attention, whereas global anomalies provides the manufacturing line an opportunity to improve upon it on a continuous improvement track. So we are not just looking at an immediate potential downtime or an impact, but also how going into the future, we can actually start putting in some pattern recognitions. We can start looking at identifying by different features to even handle those global anomalies as well. Now that you have the global anomalies identified along with local, we shortlisted the local anomalies and we did an another unsupervised learning in order to bring about our association method where we tried making sure the patterns were grouped together so that we can have an antecedent and a consequent identified. And the importance of this is very, very critical because this helped us make sure that we could identify the patterns based on the anomalous records of the earlier two features on if a certain event happens in the past, what is the probability of the same failure happening in the future? And within a particular data window, because we didn't wanna unbalance or imbalance the data set hugely and try to bring that into the context. And that's where exactly we had this context of maintaining a data window where we can have an antecedent and a consequent and come up with a lift along with high confidence so that we know how we can actually shortlist those. And based on that, we came up with this actual analysis or measures the way you can call it, which can then be applied into the later half of the actual model to say if a certain event happens with these particular anomalous values of local anomalies, what is the probability of actual downtime happening? And that's where we were actually able to apply the last phase of it in the business context of what we call as classification analysis in the data science world, 
And here we took the early anomaly measurements. We took the early event messages coming across. And this was, by the way, from about eight to nine different systems from source. And we were able to actually aggregate all of it together, bring to a level where we can maintain it and applied the model on top of the data set with the supervised learning approach by using both the data window, the campaign window, and the event window. And what I mean by that is data window is when the data comes over, the actual campaign and event windows are the immediate streaming zones in which there is a potential for your antecedent and the consequent to repeat. Now, the point with that, right, what is so critical about it is we had a prediction of the failure to be done here, right? And once we were able to establish these different zones, we were able to check and define what is the potential of a successful or uh, a high probability prediction to be done of a failure of a machine which was healthy in the last hour, but is potentially about to be happening in the next hour. So we were able to actually use all these techniques to achieve that failure prediction with a high confidence level and with a high FN score, which then helped us to actually bring forward a model which is also explainable and interpretable. And when we talk about the technology part of it, I will also address what we did in order to help users adopt it more quick. Now, that being the business context, let's quickly talk about why SAP DI, right? Where did SAP DI as a product whole come into play? Main reason why we went in with SAP Data Intelligence is because of the holistic nature of what all can be supported as a product, right? It helps you with data provisioning. It helps you with data analysis. It helps you with multiple business rules, which can be embedded. It helps you with creating custom operators, which can then be reused across the board, not having to create it multiple times and all along optimized for integrating it with SAP source systems and even on SAP for that matter, but helping all of it to be brought together so that we can actually get the AIML part of it also done within the whole platform and not having to have different tools for this purpose. And what we did was we extracted all of the data, applied it into each of these methods which I just talked about, and we then used SAP Analytics Cloud from a visualization point of view in order to look at each of these values. Right? What we did was we used SAP's Analytics Cloud product along with the SAP Data Intelligence in order to identify through heat maps and these structures on what the equipment performance or the anomaly records were so that the actual maintenance supervisors can take an immediate action whenever they see these average uh, power or voltage values uh, going above and beyond a certain threshold values. And based on that actual business rules by the threshold defined, you are able to now define where potentially you can start looking into and what manufacturing lines are your root cause. What we also then did is use scatter plot and also the lollipop chart plots in order to bring all of the data together with high lift, high confidence in lift, and then use also this green KPI box approach in order to group it, providing with the right classification score, especially with F1 value provided so that the actual prediction score is at the highest level possible. And all of this was brought together with a comprehensive storyboard pre-built available with the content so that we can address the business use case, what we have at hand and provide with provide to the customers, right? A value added uh, I mean solution, which can easily be, easily be adopted. And some of the features what we talked about are now available as reusable operators and, and entire training and the inference pipelines built for you, which means that when you start 
adopting this content, you don't have to go back and start recreating it, right? You have already the operators and the pipelines and the actual um, the entire uh, structure built in for you, which you can just import it into your actual data intelligence deployment and start using it. The main benefits, if I have to summarize, were mainly because of the fact that we had a, a solution which can cut across potentially every possible cloud offering with regards to making sure how it easy it is to consume the data from different sources, right? And also provide KPIs such as health scores, top performing assets, life expectancy, and so on from an asset management point of view. It's not just about the prediction. It's not just about making sure that you are actually able to improve your overall equipment effectiveness, like I said earlier, but also how you can bring about all these KPIs together to deliver an effective solution. And what also are the other benefits are how you can reduce your operational risk of mission critical equipment, how you can increase the ROI on your assets by being able to predict the failures before they happen. And last but not the least, it's about how you can work towards low customer attrition, how you can improve your brand image with no compromise on the quality or speed, with real-time maintenance capabilities. And like I said earlier, with global anomalies, discovering patterns which were never possible before to even look at. That's all of it together as a solution offered through IBM's optimize your asset maintenance effectiveness by both the downtime as well as from the other parameters which we just talked about. So Devraj, yes. what do you think about it, right? So how do you think the clients are going to look into the solution and way forward? Right. So I think from my perspective, uh, what the clients are looking as uh, forward is that they are, they have their you know systems of records and system of insights. All of these systems are there and they need to be all interconnected and uh, should give them the value they need for the business, right? And we are looking at different uh, SaaS solutions within the SAP landscape here. We're looking at SAP MII as one component. We're looking at the PTP layer, which has got the uh, IoT platform. We're looking at the predictive maintenance uh, platform as well as asset maintenance platforms. And all of these uh, need to be connected to SAP Analytics Cloud for your dashboarding perspective as well. They need to be feeding data to SAP Data Intelligence. Data Intelligence need to be calling on SAP HANA platform for uh, pulling in some of the data and doing some of the calculations. At the same time, it will have to be calling out some machine learning um, uh, APIs, either internally or externally. So all of them need to work in one harmonious way, and we need to have the pipelines and we need to have the orchestration all working seamlessly so that as a business user or even as a technological user, you're not burdened with how you want to do it, but more come in with a business solution and work out with a working app. Uh, you do not want to come and figure out how you want to do things. And that's why uh, SAP DI is a one-stop solution where you get all of them working together for you in, in one platform and is able to not only harmonize data for you as part of the data cleansing mechanism, because which you said is very important. We need to also look at the quality of data all the time, because if data quality goes bad, your machine learning and predictions will all go bad as well. You need to be uh, looking at the transformation capabilities using machine learning. You need to be looking at the streaming uh, processes that uh, the tool is offering you. Uh, look at the modeling aspects of what a tool uh, gives you and put them all together in one holistic approach. So that's what we kind of looked at. So as you can see, while data intelligence is pretty much a technology platform, 
we've basically tried to solve business problems with it so thereby giving you know additional value for the business right so uh, having looked at it from a, a holistic perspective uh, dharma do you want to speak about anything that you know kind of you know uh, that you kind of want to remember about and things that were very interesting with data intelligence that you could do with data intelligence that you could not do otherwise and what things that you uh, what are the things that we use basically or what are the boundaries we pushed by using data intelligence now as a tool yeah sure devraj i think the main components what we had of why we went on and uh, why we did use sap data intelligence is what i touched upon a little earlier but few of the reasons what really helped me make that approach towards using dai for that asset which we built was mainly due to the fact it's all based on kubernetes based clustering which means that the way of deploying it is much more easier compared to any other traditional deployment and that's one of the best features what uh, di has to offer from an actual backend point of view and from an administration perspective uh, the latest 3.1 version which is out there has a lot more better features to address some of these performance concerns we had earlier right and that was one of the lessons learned uh, we had too and with the limit uh, which you can apply onto the number of processes and how you can easily perform some housekeeping activities now uh, that also makes it a better tool compared to what are the options are out there and mainly due to the fact the sap source systems along with couple of other non sap systems being there in the ecosystem made us drive towards using sap data intelligence as well right in order to achieve that output which we can provide to the client right and on top of it like it's almost like a cherry you would say on the ice cream with sap analytics cloud and the value that it brings around with different storyboards the visualization aspect of it and that's the whole solution which was really a stand out for me on why we went ahead with that the ease of integration obviously right i think uh, the way we saw this particular tool evolve over the last few months and the, uh, the uh, and the fact that we were able to build this you know particular application in in less than 3 months from start to finish from conception to to build we actually have a framework ready for you as a customer to use so we have this entire framework ready we have it as an app which will be available on app store for you to you know consume or you can use it as a framework to say if this is the basic framework how you can customize this framework to suit your particular business needs in the map reaching area and we are not uh, hard and fast bent on having an s4 backend we will be able to connect to any backend systems any uh, any of your mii systems any of your ecc or your point of sale systems as well point of manufacturing systems that you have and bring the data in and basically have a process that cleans the data and basically starts giving you insights so having looked at this the, the what the output from our team is is an app that you can use as an application or as a framework to build additional applications on top of it that's that's the key message that we would like to you know give out today and also one more thing that you need to be uh, you need to kind of consider is that there's not many solution which is you know pretty much out of the box this is one of those solution which is out of the box in a sense it gives you a lot of connectors and helps you with the orchestration and pipelines fairly easily and it can plug into any of your models that you already have using or will be using in the future so it is while it is a technology platform it also helps you with your 
foundation as well very much. So we have basically tried to leverage the foundation as much as possible and kept it as much as open as possible for you to plug in your coding and your innovation uh, back into what we have built as a framework. Dharma? Oh, I completely agree, Devraj. I think that's a very valid point you touched upon. And this is one of the conversations we had with Matthias during the sprint as well, right? Because we constantly kept exchanging our point of views. And this was one of the features which really stood out, especially with what we can offer in order to call it out as a business content. And as it stands as business content, the purpose was to make sure reusable operators, reusable connector-based definitions and pipelines so that clients who are interested can bring them in, right? Have the pipelines implemented, change the tags and operators and just get going. That was the whole purpose of making sure it was part of uh, content at, uh, or rather sprint at home with SAP to work on this solution to put it together on SAP data intelligence. Yeah, I think uh, with that, we can start wrapping up. Matthias, do you want to add any uh, anything here from your point of view as to how you saw this use case evolve and what others are saying about it? Um, yeah, thank you, Devraj and, and Dharma for giving all those, those details here regarding your business content package, which you have built as, as part of the data intelligence uh, content sprint. So this was, uh, yeah, also in my opinion, definitely a good collaboration we had here so and also a, a really great outcome in terms of that uh, package optimizing asset effectiveness and uh, of course this is something um, which is maybe just um, how can I say the starting point here um, we, we should um, and we are looking already into further scenarios right and um, this is something which is definitely wanted uh, by our customers so they basically do not want to want to start from scratch uh, with uh, with data intelligence of course this is a this is a really good and nice solution regarding um, data integration uh, regarding uh, data processing regarding data cataloging all in one uh, so to say but of course the customer also needs a certain foundation and, and starting point and uh, that's why I think especially those business content packages are really adding here some values uh, a value and our customers can really really start with something extend those scenarios which you have built amongst other partners uh, adapted to their needs and and maybe also looking into into further business content packages you might uh, provide in the in the near future so this is this is what I would like to add. So thanks uh, for that that good collaboration, and and we should definitely build upon that and and continue, uh, yeah, in that way, and and uh, look into further solutions we can provide here together. First of all, I want to thank all three of you for joining. This has been really great, really great content on how you really address downtime, quality, and speed, and how you've created this app that can be used as a framework. So now the question is, if I'm interested as a customer, what would I do? So I think you said earlier I can email sapinnovation at us.ibm.com. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So the sapinnovation at us.ibm.com is the email address where you can get uh, you can contact us directly. We also have our use cases published on our own um, uh, IBM uh, scp.com microsite so you can go and get your details there plus we also have our use case documented on the data intelligence platform itself changer and i think you can just attach the link you know at the end of the talk uh, on the use case that we have on the data intelligence use cases on the sap side as well 
That's right. If you go to sap.com forward slash data intelligence use cases, and then we'll attach some other things in the blog. Matthias, are you going to say something else? I just would like to add that I have added here the link to that uh, central blog at sap.com, which is basically describing the whole data intelligence content sprint initiative, and which is then also pointing to the individual business uh, content packages which have been built, uh, for example, by IBM. So this is what I've added here as well. Yeah, I think the easiest way to find that blog for our listeners is, is if you'll just Google um, SAP Data Intelligence uh, Business Content, you'll be able to find the blog that Matthias is referring you to, and then that will take you to the specific blogs that uh, Dharma, Devraj have written and their videos, and it will also take you to the use cases. So that's probably a central place to get everything. So thank you for that, Matthias. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. And I hope everyone listening will join us on more episodes of our Let's Talk Data podcast series, where we meet with experts and talk about various different things for the SAP technology platform. So if you want to get going on optimizing uh, your asset effectiveness and reducing your downtime and predicting downtime, uh, be sure to get in touch with Dharma and Devraj at sapinnovation at us.ibm.com.